You're listening to the Fuse Chamber Podcast, where you get the elite mindsets and skills to ignite your voice and build your audience. I'm your host, Chris Williams, and I want to help you live the life you really want. Friends, thanks for tuning in. Here's a question I bet you hear a lot. Why are millennials so messed up? And how are we going to develop them into future leaders? Well, first, let's remember why we're here. To create the next generation of leaders in arts, business, and community. To create an elite tribe of powerful, successful professionals who redefine how artists and entrepreneurs can do what they really want to do with their lives. Full of passion and without compromise. I'll show you who you have to become in order to win, and I'll be here to inspire you each and every week so that you stay inspired and stay driven. This investment of 15 minutes a week will create habits that will forever change your life and career. Now, this is a topic that I'm really excited about, so I'd like to spend a little time, maybe once or twice a month, talking about issues specific to millennials and leadership here on the podcast. I get to work with younger and older generations every day, and I found that the things that I teach resonate most with recent graduates and people just starting their careers, people usually in their 20s or 30s. Now, it's not that they're necessarily more aligned to what I'm saying, as much as they seem to be desperately looking for an anchor, something to orient themselves to. Millennials get a terribly bad rap. Every generation has had something characteristically wrong with it. The younger generations are far more enlightened, far more technologically savvy, and far more humane with a greater sense of social responsibility and equality, but they're blamed for lack of attention, lack of social skill due to immersion in social media and the virtual world, lack of resilience, lack of vision, and an overwhelming sense of entitlement. Now, to the extent that any of this is true, precious little of this would have been their own fault. The previous generation of parents, for some reason, started placing a much higher value on their children feeling good all the time. So this is why we end up with the trophies for all phenomenon and the need for constant stimulation, gratification, and entertainment. Now, before the kids could have demanded that, they had to learn from their parents to demand it. And the funny thing is, wherever there's demand, of course, there's supply. Companies are all too happy to create an endless stream of products from games to gadgets to technological and fashion accessories and even medications, all to make them feel okay. But focus, grit, discipline, social skill, presence of mind are not big sellers. They never have been. But when you look at people who have made a tremendous difference in this world, So think of great entrepreneurs from Elon Musk to Mark Zuckerberg, from Nelson Mandela to Barack Obama, from famous athletes to special operations soldiers to the great teachers and community leaders 
poets, writers, singers, actors, you name it. There are a certain number of things that they all have and do in common. Things that they believe and actions that they take that make them uncommonly successful, allowing them to make the contribution that they want to make. But governments and corporations don't necessarily care if you have those skills that you need in order to make your mark. Even if they cared, they're often ill-equipped and ill-informed on how to get this information to you effectively. And that's the difference I want to make. That's the reason I'm here. You can change the world. You can lead. You can have an incredible life. And the techniques are neither surprising, nor complex, nor secret. In fact, I think the biggest problem is that we're afraid to admit that they're so simple. So we overanalyze, overstudy, and overstate their complexity. I think we should just get to the point. The real complexity, the only complexity, is the hard work that you need to do to get where you want to go. But that's actually good news. In my experience, I've met very few millennials who don't want to work hard. But, and this is true of every generation, you're far more likely to work hard at something that you're passionate about. Something that you really believe in. And that's the part that we don't teach our young people. And because we don't teach them that, when they struggle to succeed, we make them feel better by giving them a trophy which lowers the bar on what constitutes success. And we create a generation of average. I hold the leaders in business, community, and education fully responsible for this crisis because the skills that you need are easy to get but no one wants to invest the time to get them to you. And this won't change without radical shifts in mindset and practice. Because if an entire generation of young people ends up being cheap, pliable labor for the already prosperous, well, that actually works quite well for some people. So why rock the boat? Why change that? But I believe there's an additional urgency. Young people are our great hope. Not only do you have the opportunity to change the world for the better, but I believe that the one thing we're all entitled to is to live a life of fulfillment, a life of happiness, a life where we can make the contributions we want to make, a life of great joy and satisfaction. And the fact that we don't invest in this for our young people is one of the great causes of sadness sickness, depression, and social anxiety, and I'm here to stop it. So let me explain what's required. Number one, you've heard me say it before in previous podcasts, and I'll say it again. You need to have a vision, a purpose, a reason for getting up every day and chopping away at your goals. Now, you might feel like you're struggling to find a purpose, like you've tried, but you don't exactly know what your place in the world is. You haven't really figured out what your unique offering is, the thing that you and only you can do. Now, believe me, it is there. If you got up an eight today without being told to, then you understand what a purpose is. In this case, the purpose is to survive. But my point is, 
all human beings were meant to generate and expand the species to not only live on, but to grow, to create, to serve. Now, once you've locked into your purpose, everything on this list gets easier. Your energy level will skyrocket, your creativity will go through the roof, but also your ability to withstand hard work, pain, and failure is enhanced. Your desire to learn and grow increases. And number two is staying focused. Now, millennials are accused of not having focus. It's swept under the rug as ADHD, and doctors will readily write notes to make excuses for school and work absences or failures, so the problem doesn't ever get any better. It doesn't need to. But I expect you to lead. You have got to get better, much better than that. And the first thing you need to do is learn how to stay focused. You don't have to concentrate on something for hours at a time, but you do need to find a way to look into your innate ability to focus on one single thing. Number three, you need to serve something bigger than yourself. Once you've figured out your vision, you need to take the mindset that everything you do every day is in service of others or something bigger than yourself. If you're looking for money, possessions, fame, approval, those things will all blow up in your face. They're the wrong reasons to do anything. And when you chase things like that, they will run from you. The really strange thing is that if you focus on serving others, money, fame, and all of those other things sometimes follow suit without ever looking for them. Now, I maintain that this is not a good reason to do anything. If they happen to come to you, that's wonderful, but it can't be your primary motivator for wanting to lead. That will fail horribly. You can hear me now or hear me later, but I'll bet any sum of money that you will eventually find out this is true. But when you're focused on serving others, your social skills will immediately improve. I can even show you techniques for learning how to master social interactions, learning how to read people, and becoming the person that everyone looks to for answers, support, confidence, and strength. And trust me, when you learn those social skills, you will automatically start putting your phone down, spend less time on social media, spend less time watching TV, and all those other things that we blame millennials for doing too much of. Those things simply fall away because you realize they don't matter. They don't serve you. They don't make you better. Well, number four, one of the most important things I teach is the ability to live with failure, hard work, and suffering. One thing I do find across generations is that our definition of suffering is very, very different. In older generations, a lack of technology may have caused suffering in that we didn't have tools or resources to live more interesting, more connected, more immediate, and more efficient lives. But technology has introduced different kinds of struggle, social anxiety problems, and general disconnectedness from our peers in society. 
a lack of ownership over our communities and even families. In either case, we've learned to label suffering, pain, failure, and even plain old hard work as bad, something we should avoid. The reality is this. Once you lock into a vision, hard work doesn't seem like hard work anymore. And as for suffering and failure, whether you believe the great inventors of our time who tell us things like, failure is the easiest way to get to that one great idea, or if you believe the Stoic philosophers who taught us that struggle and hardship should be sought and welcomed because they build character and skill, or if you believe the Buddhists who teach us that all endeavor is a form of struggle and that until you are struggling, reaching, straining to get your goals, you're not really living. The message is the same. If you treat hard work like a joy, if you treat failure like an opportunity, then it becomes so. And number five, exploring perfection in the present moment. Now, this is one area where 99% of the population really struggles. Everything you need is right here, right now. There's nothing that you have to have or have to get to in order to be a leader. A bit of knowledge and hard work is all that's required. Where you are today is exactly perfect. It could be no other way. Now, tomorrow, you'll be a little bit stronger, a little bit better, and when you get there, you'll enjoy that moment too. But you will never reach perfection. The only perfection to be found is in the present moment. Now, once you learn how to master this mindset, your desire for things, for states, from other people or the outside world simply falls away. And in many cases, so do some forms of depression and anxiety. The world is changing very quickly. I believe that the old guard is clinging to old ways because it's always been profitable. So it's unfair to label millennials as entitled when we have so many old guard leaders fighting, conniving, manipulating in order to keep the tables tilted in their favor. There's laws and policies being written every day to keep the rich people richer and the poor poorer. Now that's what I call entitlement. So unlike the rest of the world, I believe that millennials are our greatest hope yet. When I see young people now, I see people who are uniquely qualified to make the world what it needs to be. More local, more humane, more progressive. We need them creating the next generation of business and art, new products, new models. I see people dying to make a difference. But they've been constrained by the existing systems to learn how. They're dying for the right information and mentors and leaders who care. Let's fix that today. Folks, thanks for listening. You can reach out at FuseChamber.com or find me on Twitter at FuseChamber. Don't forget, the world needs your art, so make what you make. Come back next week for some more insight and coaching. I'll see you then.